Welcome everybody for another evening of uh, Jim and Eric and uh, Beyond Science Fiction. Uh, this is Jim Wilson in Detroit. And this is Eric Smith, Sioux Falls. And as promised, we're going to continue on with the multiverse idea and uh, just some of the strange things that we found in scripture, strange things we've gotten in confirmed by dreams, uh, movies. Uh, a theme seems to be taking shape and place, and that's some of the stuff we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe start out, you know, what, you know, um, Eric, what's what's on your mind with some of that? You have one friend that had a very interesting dream. Um, sure. Um, that the dream he had was, um, and he's actually come to me several times with multiple dreams, but this one particularly stood out. And basically he said there were cities in the sky, or what he could describe as the sky, or up in the atmosphere, um, that he called cloud cities. And he could see them, that there were, you know, buildings and everything, structures like that, and that there were actually... Uh, aircraft that were basically firing on these cities um, and they they bared an insignia um, they had the the white US military star with the the wings the insignia wings that were blue I believe on the aircraft but they were basically shooting at these cities so it was like they were taking out these areas for some reason that were up above the atmosphere now I don't know what the you know an actual cloud could actually represent um, in terms of the dream itself, but um, I found it very very intriguing in light of you know some of the you know the, everything we've always heard about uh, in terms of you know being bases on the moon and Mars, and even I think there's some myths and legends with um, with cities that were actually located in the sky that you know would be invisible and then they wouldn't be there, uh, you know that type of thing. Well, there was an episode of Stargate SG-1 that had that very thing. Clouds oh, you're kidding me. Visible. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. Jed's serious. So it's like cloak, like cloaking. Like they can cloak yeah. a, a whole city that floats, somehow floats in the sky. I, it's, it's, it's a, did it discuss any of the, uh, any of the physics around uh, or how it could actually float in the sky? I mean, did it ever in, in that show get into that kind of detail at all or? Or well, was it just in in this civilization? They were, they actually looked like hobbits. They looked like little um, elf, elfin kind of people, and they wore medieval clothing. And so you would look at them, and to look at them, you would think they were just, um, you know, a medieval fantasy, you know, kind of a, a lack of technology, lack of uh, just a lot of different things. You know, cute, friendly, nice little. Um, beings but actually they were far more advanced than than um any any humans were or anything or that the sg1 people were and they were very peaceful people and so they they had the technology to mask their cities which were actually functioned on anti-gravity and uh they were floating in the in literally floating in the clouds the clouds would be you know there just to kind of cover them up but they could actually make everything invisible. And it was a matter of manipulating your own perception, not really that they literally physically made them invisible. And um, so 
it was their way of making themselves look simple so that they could determine and discern whether you were really good or not. If you were, and they were advanced enough that they had nothing to fear. They were so far superior to anyone and everybody. They wanted to see who was sincere and who wasn't. Who would take advantage of them and who would actually try to help them and, and uh, you know, be their friends with nothing to gain but other than just being friendly. So this is kind of the way their whole civilization was based on. And, of course, as she won, passed the test highly and, and ended up becoming good, important allies, you know, to help like their friends, but they had this non-involvement policy, so they weren't really going to directly help them, but indirectly they could help them and support them. Um, if you ended up turning to be bad like the Gaul or something, well, they'll just make you go away, and you'll never come back again. <laughs> so they had that kind of technology. So, you know, it's pretty interesting how, the, um, you know, the things are mirrored in other, you know, sci-fi movies and pictures and stuff. Um but yeah, you know, we we I think we discussed last week the two scriptures Obadiah 4 and Jeremiah 51:53, though you exalt yourself as an eagle and though you set thy nest amongst the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. And in Jeremiah 51:53, the same incident, the idea that, you know, that somebody is colonizing other planets and and residing in them. And when you go back to the original Hebrew on Obadiah 4, it's exactly what's being said there. So we know if we're at the end of the end times, this has already happened. So that a lot of the rumors that we have of a secret space program, of the fact that, you know, these things happen, it's rumors are all you're going to get because this has got to be taken. Some of the clandestine stuff is going to go carried out and be uh, and deceive everybody. And it has to. So it's just natural that all you're going to get is rumors. And if you do have any little tidbit of evidence, it's not going to be believed by anybody anyway. Right. So, and this is what we're finding. So the over the transparency that goes along with Obadiah 4 is Jeremiah 51, 53. It says, though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify the height of her strength, fortify the height of her strength. So she's not only colonizing, but now they're making a defense, a fortification to defend themselves. From who? Well, we find that out in the next part of the verse. It says, though they should fortify the height of her strength, yet from me shall spoilers come unto her, saith the Lord. Yet from me shall come spoilers. That's, you know, God has spoilers that are coming from him. So who's the spoiler? Gee, there's Donald J. Trump and the United States Space Force. Yep, there you go. And that it just segues and ties right in. And here's, oh, you're going to love this one. This one I just, um, I had it last week, but I wanted to look at every word in this text just to see what everything is. And when I was done, um, Eric, it blew my mind. It's Matthew 16, 18. Now, this is what Jesus said. And I say unto thee, though that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, you know, this scripture has always been the traditional one that um, the Catholic Church has used as evidence that upon peter being the first papal authority yeah peter's that, the rock you know right and so it doesn't even that's why you know the the importance is in the detail you got to go back to the original language and when you do there's two different words used for peter and for rock they are a variation of petra which means rock but but in in context here uh peter the word there means little rock or a piece of a rock so he's saying you are a piece of a rock and upon this rock, 
And that meant a mass of rock. Mass means a bunch together. Hmm. It says, upon this rock, upon the mass of rocks, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the unique thing is that he's standing on the foothills, I mean, just uh, on the base of Mount Hermon. Right. You know, that's where the uh, Genesis yep. 6, the fallen angels first descended yep. upon uh, the earth at Mount Hermon. Now, he's at the foothills of it, where there is a cave at the base called the gates of hell. Now, this cave, when the desert wind whips up, have you ever taken a glass and put a wet finger on the glass and rubbed it slowly? It goes, yep. you know, it, it comes. Well, this kind of same thing happens as a phenomena on this one cave where this hole, where this, the opening of the cave, the desert wind hits it and it creates like a, um, a circular motion going through the cave and it actually makes a whirling sound. This is at the gate of hell. So when you look at all the other words in the original language, this is what it reads out. Um, the rock, the, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Build there means construction. Literally, specifically in a context, it means a bricklayer. You're taking bricks and you're laying them in. What are the bricks? The bricks are, are the mass of rock, the foundation of the church. So he's building, he's building up these rocks, having them come together. And by coming together, the gates of hell should not prevail against it. The gates of hell literally is this place and it's, it's not going to prevail. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, these are, now here's the literal words that it means without modern interpretation. When you just leave these words as what they are, the problem is you got English, which is the dumbest, one of the dumbest languages on the earth, trying to interpret one of the most sophisticated ones of Greek. We don't even have enough words to add to make up what that word specifically means. So right. when we have... Um, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Okay, well, you know, with that idea, we always, and some people have believed this, and I think the devil actually points it out and tries to get us all to believe it. We seem to have this image of the church standing its position and the onslaught of the enemy coming and charging at us, but we're standing there and we're just holding on and we're able to not be uh, overtaken by these uh, entities, but it's in reverse. We are... They're not attacking us. We're attacking them. We're kicking in the doors, yes. taking names. And kicking in the doors and taking names. So with that, this is what it says. It actually says it's the extreme edge of a folding door to the unseen realm of departed souls, and they shall not escape judgment from the baffling wind. So right into Sheol? Yeah. Is hmm. that weird or what? I mean, or Hades, as the Greek would say. Hades, well, and that's the word too, Hades. But Hades, literally, what it means is uh, the unseen realm of, of the departed souls. So, in other words, it's something you don't see with your eyes, but it opens a portal to see and enter into that realm of the departed souls and take back. What belongs to you? 
So that doesn't justify, you know, we're not talking about, oh, there's a purgatory in hell and you can go in. No, no. What no. we're doing, we're seeing the multi, I believe we're seeing the multiverse. Right. Because the fact is that, and I think we shared this in one of the episodes, maybe last week, uh, the idea that if there is a multiverse, whatever's out there is a ripple effect of sin. There's nothing out there in a multiverse. There's only one you, there's only one me, there's only one soul. And that's the real ones that exist right here in this fallen realm. Yeah. But this fallen realm has a ripple effect for every decision that we do or don't make. Right. That creates an alternate universe based on that. So the hope of glory is Christ in us. The more that we conform our minds to the likeness of Christ, these other alternate universes implode. They disappear. They, they implode into themselves. They don't exist anymore. That's the hope of glory is Christ in us. So by having an intimate personal relationship with the Lord allows us to know on a daily basis um, our rightness with God, and it allows us to be a full partaker of all the things that God has for us so that we can be the manifestation of the sons of God in the last days. In other words, all as Satan is throwing everything against us, it only stands to reason that God is going to provide his children, us, with a full awareness of our potential and authority to exercise being... Um, his children, which means that our right is that we can go into this multiverse and take back what belongs to him. Right. Now, this is where someone of the Arminius belief would have a very hard time struggling with that idea. But somebody of a, uh, of a uh, Calvinist view, it fits in perfectly because there's two seeds. And so let's say that where I'm going with this is that if we have the power and authority to intrude into hell, we're going into this multiverse and we're taking back people that belong here. Right. And the ones that are coming over here, it's literally illegal aliens from another, you know, uh, ripple effect of, of uh, multiverse. You don't belong here. Right. You're they shouldn't be here. And you're not going to escape judgment. So guess what? You're going back because you're going to be there to be judged. That place is going to open up, and you're going to be, for, be thrown uh, from a white throne into a lake of fire. And you're not going to escape that. So you're going back to where you belong in all this multi-layered, uh, multi-dimension of hell. So everything on the other side of this dimension that's in these parallel dimensions, these parallel dimensions are just different layers um, or sub-universes of hell. It's all hell. Right. And they're all demonic entities. So... They have no business being here, and they're not going to be here. We have the authority to put them back where they belong, and some of it can be looked at that means that some of the people who used to be here are over there. Now, they're not suffering in some kind of eternal torment hell. They're in an area that has slight alterations, maybe. They don't even realize it. One of these realize, huh, that, well, I thought that was brown. I didn't know that was uh, blue. I thought... Gee, I thought the Yankees won uh, in, you know, 1935, not, you know, somebody else, Green Bay or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just little things that are going to be off that don't make a big hoot of a difference. Kind of like the Mandela effect here. Right. The Mandela effect is what you've always kind of brought up, you know, yeah. something that you knew was something well, you know, knew in the past. And now it's all of a sudden different. Why, why is that? Right. Well, and that's where we're being manipulated with space time. Right. These things are happening. CERN is bringing it over. Um, 
in the uh, let's see in the Revelations nine thirteen I think it says where it says in the sound of uh, and the sound of the chariots the sound of their wings is as the sound of many chariots in the battle the sound there the word does not mean to hear or to listen it means to dial in an address what what is the what is the word there is it was it phono or something like that or uh, what? phone 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 in greek yep yeah okay. and that's where we get telephone from and yep. so literally on vine's notes on strong's numbers he does a full entomology of that word and he says that it actually means you're dialing in an address right that's just what he said i mean i'm, I'm looking at him going my mouth drops and going, oh my god are you serious so when CERN says that, yeah, they're bringing over layers of another dimension, why are you doing it? Because we can. Yeah, it's yeah. like the hornet's nest with a, uh, a, a stick saying, you know, why are you beating on it? Because I can. Um, yeah. It's so stupid. You know, but Yeah, they're more focused on if they can do it rather than should they do it. So you know, same thing like uh, with the show, the movie Jurassic Park. You know, there was a guy on there that was a chaos titian, I think it was the... Uh, he was basically, they were going to open up this Jurassic Park, and the, this guy was basically saying, you know, yeah, you did all this. You managed to get the embryos and, you know, bring these dinosaurs back, but you never stopped to think, should he, you have done it in the first place? Yeah, was it some kind of natural order of things where they shouldn't have been allowed? Exactly. To... That's, a, that's uh, exactly uh, what he, almost word for word, what he said. Uh, so. And, and yeah, and that's what we're beginning to see. I mean, um, Ellis Island is the place that uh, people from all over the world came to first come to Ellis Island where the Statue of Liberty was and then be, you know, go through those gates and then go into America. Now you look around, now it's on Liberty Island? What the heck is a Liberty Island? There was no Liberty Island. I grew up in a world that had Ellis Island. Period. I do, uh, me too. I, I remember it to be Ellis. Liberty, but... Liberty. Now we got the commercial. Liberty, 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 Liberty. It's Liberty Island. Seriously? No. Uh-uh. That yeah. wasn't for The monocle on Monopoly. The millionaire guy on Monopoly. He always had a monocle with his top hat. Now he's got no monocle. Yeah. Well, that doesn't change the cosmos or anything. All these little tiny effects are mainly to get people to believe, ultimately, that the Bible's been altered. And it has right. not been altered. And it even says in itself that God has set everything um, in a fashion that no man can alter or add or take away that they might have the fear of the Lord or respect of the Lord, that he's in control. So that's in Ecclesiastes 3.14. 3.15 says, that which is has already been, and that which will be has already been, and God requires an account which is past. The fact is, everything's all done in his realm, beginning to end. Yep. Um, so we have that assurance that, you know, God's word is not going to be altered. But it sure has, you know, with this Mandela effect, they've made all kinds of claims to undermine the word of God to make us unsecure and uncertain of it. Now, um, can they change little things here and there? Well, so far I haven't seen anything. Um, and I hope I don't. But how far is God going to allow sin to, to take place? I don't know. But when it, if it conflicts in the Word of God, I don't think that it will exist. So right. I see that. It does say there's going to be a time when there's a famine in the Word. With the Word, does it mean... Um, Family, we can't have Bibles, or does it mean that it will start being manipulated? If I ever see anything that I think is manipulated, I'm going to start writing everything down, hoping that that won't even be altered, but it could. And I've had right. things like that already start to happen in my life, and I'm sure that other people are going to start seeing this. And that's in Romans um, 
8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. But in contrast to that, that is showing what we have to do in a relationship-wise to be emotionally prepared for what we're going to be faced with in Romans 8, 38 and 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor things past nor things in the future nor principalities nor powers nor angels or any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So the implication in that scripture is, if these are the things that, that, um, that we are being warned are not going to separate us from God, then it's obvious these things are going to try to separate us from God. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll so try. If they are, then we got to take note, what are these different entities and where are they coming from? Well, they're coming from the past or the future. Yep. They're principalities, they're powers, they're authorities, so they're different levels of angels. Um, and it says, or any other creature. I love that one because it means a sentient, intelligent being, but obviously right. it's not human. So we have all these entities, and they are trying to do all these things. And we're in the last days, so it's going to be more and more intense. So we need to know how to be emotionally prepared to handle that. Well, Romans 8.28 gives us the mental preparation. It says that people look at that scripture, and they go, oh, see, what's well, it's like autopilot. See, God works everything out okay, so that's great. So we don't have to worry about anything. No, that is stupid. That's naive. There's two different uh, conditions there. Everything works together for them. That, uh, all things work together for good to them who love God. To them who love God, the Bible is defined later. If you love God, you obey him. Now, you know, if you don't obey him, it's either out of ignorance or out of plain stupidity. You don't want to or you don't know better and don't know that you should. So either way, God has a merciful way out of that one. If you are in an addiction and you're trying to get rid of it and you can't, so you can't obey God, then what you do is... Uh, Agree, basically, it says, and and we know that all things work together good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And agree, called according to his purpose means to simply agree with God. What are you doing? Well, you're giving back your free will. God gave you free will, but you're, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, Lord, I want to get rid of this. I can't. I don't know how. I want to. It hurts me. To, I get so mad at myself because I can't shake this, whether it be alcohol, or porn, or um you know, even wanting new things or, you know, just whatever whatever is there that is contrary to the word of God that you can't shake. God has a way out. Just agree to give him back your free will and let him take over. So if you're surrendering and saying, okay, I, I agree with you. I want you to take my free will. Do whatever it takes to get me to hate this, to stop and not do it anymore. I want to be close to you. I don't want to do this and keep separate from you. So Doing that, you're in a win-win situation. Even if you fail and make a mistake, you're still going to work it out. God's going to work everything out for you. Why? Because you're agreeing with him to work it out. You're right. allowed to do it. So that's what emotionally prepares us for the actual manifestations in verse 38 and 39, where it says these things are going to happen in the last days, and they're going to increase and increase with intensity. So the tribulation isn't the unrest of governments it's the manipulation of space time and dimension against us yes. and you as a weapon it's going to screw with a whole lot of people's heads now here's the amazing thing though you look at daniel second chapter 41st verse it says for as much as you saw the stone it was cut out of the mountain without hands and then it break into pieces the iron brass clay silver and gold a great god has made known to the king what shall come past hereafter and the dream is certain and interpretation thereof. That was with King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, in that, in that big 
uh, statue. Well, this yep. stone cut without hands is coming down and you know smashing on the ten toes and everything falls apart. Here's the other scripture in Daniel's second chapter 34, 35. It says, Thou sawest that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron, clay, and break them into pieces. That was the lion, or that was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of a summer threshing floor. Threshing floor, you know, is, is where they would uh, take the wheat and yep. pound it and crush it. And then um, they would gather the actual wheat and then all of the crud was just blown away by the wind, which carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Man, that is talking about this same um, thing, which everybody's always been taught and thought was Jesus Christ coming back himself and smashing it. No, this is a construction of a mass of stones. This is that intimate relate the people that have been called to be an intimate relationship like building blocks put together the mass of stones it is you it is me it is us that have gone into the depths of a personal relationship with jesus and we're being used collectively and here's the proof of it when it says in second corinthians 3 3 you show that you are a letter from christ the result of our ministry not written not with ink but with the spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We are the ones. When does this happen? This happens after the trigger, whatever that trigger event is. And I say that it's this alien rapture thing. Right. That um, that is the trigger that allows us. We are going to, um, when all of the elite are gone, we're the ones that are going to be empowered. Trump makes America great again. Yeah. Based on Deuteronomy 28th chapter. Yeah, the pathway is cleared for him to do what he's got to do because you can see even now um, when this election reverses, and it will, um, it's, gonna, it's most likely, I think, going to culminate in, in the summertime here or shortly. Yeah. No, you know, I think, right, yes. Absolutely. That, that, that's my sense and my spirit with it. Um, you know, when he wins and this, this election is re reversed, uh, these elite, they're just going to fight them to the ends of the earth. And we see that everything is corrupt. Yes. We have, we have cultural Marxism in everything. It's, it's, it's easy to see in the democratic party, yeah. but you, you even see that it's, it's on the other side as well. You see that it's in every aspect of our, our lives. It's even, there's even communist infiltration into the, seminaries and pastoral type churches a lot of them that exist oh, not yeah. saying every single one is i want to make a disclaimer to that but i have watched for the signs for self myself just in uh in my local area and uh they they marched right to the tune of the media agenda to the, yep. the communist marxist ideology and it's it's just you know the last four years it's, it's just been a great eye-opener as to Exposing that, I had always thought, "Well, oh, wait, these people—they're on my side." Oh no, it's all tainted. Yep. It's all tainted, and the only way that I can think of at this point for him to be able to, to be fully allowed to do what he needs to do is the the pathway has to be cleared, and that's like you've said, um, you know, a rapture event with a, with a with a phony counter rapture based on the UFO alien thing. Yeah. That's probably going to be far larger than the actual real event. 
Right. Um, uh, cause that's obviously gonna, they're gonna, Satan's gonna use that to overshadow the real thing well, because that's gonna, what probably gonna get people into the psyche and into the mindset of, oh, okay, UFOs and aliens are real. And then it's gonna kind of set us on this path of, you know, a, a dividing of, of the wheat and tear, you know, yep. the sheep and the goats. Yep. You know, the, the, the goats are gonna fall right after the UFO alien ideology and, and the Christians are going to, you know, draw the line in the sand as to what this is and who they are. So, yeah. well, man. That's the key is really knowing who you are yeah. in Christ at this time. We got to know who we are. You know what? We are those stones. We are the rock. We are Petra. We are Petra combined. Petra is us. In the end times, there's a prophecy that, that, um, that Petra will once again be used by the faithful to flee the enemy and hide. I think it's interesting that Petra was a city carved out of rock uh, and literally built without human hands. But it it was a place where three three two different times the Jews no three times the Jews have used this. One time it was with Anatakius Epiphanes the fourth um, during his reign. He came in, sacked Jerusalem, and the Jews fled across the Jordan River into Jordan into Petra and hid in the caves and hid so deep that they couldn't find him. Uh, the same thing happened with Titus when he uh, sacked uh, Jerusalem and come down. The Jews did the same thing again. They crossed the Jordan, went into Jordan where, uh, uh, where the Petra was and hid deep in the caves and they weren't captured. Now, uh, during the Maccabees, which is in between the Old Testament and New Testament, yep. they also fled into Petra and was found, uh, found safety and refuge there. Now, the thing is that um, in the end times, Petra is also, again, a safe refuge, but it's no longer the city or the physical building. It is a type and shadow that the deeper that you are hidden in Christ, the deeper it goes, the safer you are. So this is, we are the live building stones. Um, in 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, it says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. This puts a nail on it. The Bible ah. interprets itself by itself, and there's no way out of it. We are the rock that comes down. Now, it's God working through us, but we are the ones. After these trigger events, and Trump is able to make America great again, it's going to be United States against UN, Antichrist system against God's system. Yep. And... It's interesting that we are the ones in preparation right now. All the stuff we're going through, and I know most of our audience knows a lot of the stuff that we know, and I have confidence that they have been attacked just like the rest of us. My gosh, Eric, the last two weeks I have lived a living, crying in your beer country and western song from the 50s. Right. <laughs> I'm just being attacked on every way, every way. But, you know, I have a peace because I know God's plan. According to Amos 3, 7, I know God's plan. I'm sticking to it. I'm not worried. God always makes a way out. And my promises are what? That I have the authority to kick in the gates of hell and take back what is rightfully ours. So whatever he's trying to take back now, he, he's not going to get it. It's just an illusion. And I'm right. going to stand my brown and, I'm, and whatever he thought he was going to take back, I'm going to get that and better and more. Yeah. And Actually, now that we're, you know, we're probably drawing the close of the show, I think we're right. running a little long yet again, but you know what? It was a good show, so maybe we should probably wrap it up and then go from there. Yeah. Um, and next week, do we have any idea what we're going to do next week? Uh, you know, 
Oh, I know. Oh, yes. We need to talk about a Walt Disney movie that is oh. right from the pure of hell. Yeah, let's go into the actual Hollywood aspect of, of the multiverse and what what yeah. actual Hollywood spectacles actually address the multiverse. That would be a good thing to do to bring some uh, better clarity to people because um, people are f very much familiar with, you know, WandaVision or a lot of the DC Marvel type concepts of the sure. multiverse as far as anything else with sci-fi as well would be good. So, so let's go ahead and bring it to a close then, Jim. All right. Uh, well, we're going to end in prayer. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help everybody. Uh, maybe we've just touched the tip of the iceberg, but I hope, Lord, that we've helped everybody pursues us further to see that that it is us. It's all about us being faithful servants, the end time remnant that's going to take a stand against the God of this world. And we're going to topple all his kingdoms down. Help everybody to identify who they are in Christ, Lord, that they can have that confidence, that peace that passes all understanding. They don't have to worry and be filled with anxiety or fear or anger at the things that are happening around them. These, this world's getting crazy, but we don't have to get crazy with it. We have a peace and and that passes all understanding by knowing who we are in you and having the confidence that you have a plan and you're, that you already won. So, Lord, I pray this becomes a reality for our audience, Lord, in every individual each way, that your Holy Spirit will be upon them, lead them, guide them, and direct them. Show, these things, show them that these things are really true, that it's truly beyond science fiction, but it's reality and a promise for us. We just ask you, do this in your mighty and precious name, Lord, and then we come back filled with a lot of interesting stuff from Hollywood and, and all the other crazy stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody, and, and God bless from Detroit. Uh, this is Jim saying night-night. God bless from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Good night. Good night, everybody.